Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. morning everyone and happy new year to you all. Um, welcome along if you're visiting with us uh, this morning. It really is lovely to have you here with us on this first uh, morning of a new year. Are we doing things a little differently um, uh, this morning with an all-age service? Although uh, this morning Siobhan um, and Avery, you're holding up, uh, things up for our, our kids here this morning. Great to have you along. Excellent. Wonderful. Um, speaking of which, we've got these great activity packs um, just to help the kids stay attentive throughout and there'll be a couple of opportunities for them to, to sort of engage with some of the things that are happening there. But I'm mindful that there might be some grown-ups that just need a little bit of, um, a little bit of assistance too. And we've got plenty left over because I wasn't sure, you know, a number of our families were maybe coming, maybe not. So if you need one, there's, there's, there's no shame in running up and grabbing an activity pack, okay? Um, we are doing things a little bit differently uh, this year and so, uh, sorry, this morning. And so thinking through... Um, uh, our passage, a very short passage, um, in a couple of bites. And I think one of the things that I, I find out starting a, a new year is that it can feel like you're, you're heading off on a hike. Um, I wonder if you're a New Year's resolution kind of person. Do you set yourself a goal that you're going to try and achieve in this new year? You work out where you want to go to, what you're going to need to make it happen. Maybe you're a project kind of person. You've got to get your equipment in order. You've got to map out kind of the pathway that you're going to get from A to B and the right crew to go on with you. Or maybe it's a new year at school for you. My Annie starts big girl school. Now, she's at home recovering from COVID, but she's pretty excited about this new year. Um, I know Avery was pretty excited to be heading into grade one this year. Exciting times. For some of us, the new year feels like a new adventure. Uh, for others, another year just feels like kind of trudging on. But either way, I reckon the, the image of going on a hike helps us out. And to help us to think about this, I, I need a few kids to help us out. We've only got two and I need three. So in a moment, Arpan has the, um, the, the, the fortunate um, reality of being uh, second row from the front. So he's going to be our big kid. Can you, Avery, Avery and um, Siobhan, come on forward, come on forward. See, when you're going on a hike, you need a backpack, right? What are some of the things that you might need? Uh, Siobhan, you help me out here. What are some of the things that you might find in here that we need if we're going on a hike? What's, what's going to be in there? Lunch that's, your, that's your lunchbox. We've got a, drink some drink bottle. This is really important this time of the Sunscreen. year. Sunscreen. And you're probably not going to need it, but you always want to be prepared with a rain jacket, don't you? Okay, so if we're going on a hike, you need all the sorts of basic essentials that just, you know, put this on for me, put this on for me. Um, there you go, they're your basic essentials. But when you're going on a hike... You actually need to prepare for things that might not go quite the way you planned them, don't you? So, Avery, Avery, come on up. We've got another backpack for you. Um, see, this one, this one's got a few things that we, we might tend to get a bit worried about. Although, Avery, you're a seasoned campaigner. You've, you, go, you go camping with your dad and I'm sure he, he probably doesn't even need a map because he's got a, like an inbuilt GPS and he knows where he's going. 
but, but it's a good idea. If you're going on a really big hike, you need to take a map because maybe your phone runs out of batteries, maybe you're out of coverage, maybe you, you don't know where you're going. So you've got to put a map in that one. And then what's that one there? Do you know what that is? First aid kit. So that's what you're going to do if you, if you get a scratch or a burn or something like that. But you know what? You don't just put them in your backpack. When you have those sorts of things, this backpack's a bit heavy because those sorts of things, they come with their worries, don't they? What if we get lost? A bit worried about that. That kind of weighs you down. What if something goes wrong and we get... Oh, goodness me. Good thing we've got a couple of our strong kids up here because this backpack's... It's pretty heavy with a few worries, isn't it? You're worried about what if things go wrong. <laughs> All right, you see how you're going. Now, Harpan, up here, mate. Because when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Look at this, man. Come on up, come on up. This is your backpack. Because actually when you're going on a hike, things start to get real. Yep. Because I think we all recognise that in life, as in with a decent hike... There are actually often some really big things that we worry about. There's the kind of the fear of missing out. You're heading off on a hike. What am I going to miss out that might happen while I'm at home? And maybe we don't see all the sights that we wanted to see. Gosh, that's a bit of a worry. It starts to weigh you down. <laughs> what do you go to the gym for, mate? Then I think there's those, those big questions that we might find ourselves really wrestling with with any hike, but also just in life. You know, there's the kind of the questions of, of the fear of failure. If I'm the one heading off, you're the, you're, the, you're the grown-up here. What if we get lost? I mean, Avery brought the map, but that sense of failure that if things don't go according to plan, what's that say about me? There's a worry. And I actually think a really big issue for a lot of us, that Jesus had a fair bit to say about, is actually the big burden of working out who we are, where we stand. In this day and age of Twitter, my friend here, Arpan, has an account, which I do not, and Instagram and the like, there's that whole element of, of, of what are other people going to think of this? I'm going to send the right pictures back. If it all goes wrong, how's that going to reflect on me? Probably a good thing it wasn't my son Jay trying to carry this. And that's a real burden, isn't it? Yep. But the reality is that when you go on a hike, you don't just carry those burdens. You've also got to do with this. Can you take that off? Yep. Yep. All right. Hang on to that. Yep. Good. And you need to take the essentials. All right. There you go. And heading out on a hike suddenly starts to feel like you're pretty heavily burdened. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. Take a seat. Now, Avery and Siobhan, you guys are two of the most switched-on kids I've ever seen, so you're welcome just to hang out and enjoy listening in. But if you want, in your activity pack there, there's, um, there's a couple of little things you can do. In particular, you've got a backpack, and there's the opportunity for you to reflect on some of the little coloured pieces of paper in there. And you can, at one level, you could draw down the kinds of things that you're going to take on a hike and put them in there, and give thanks to God that actually, isn't it good that Jesus gives us rest when we're burdened? But you might also want to think about some of the things that you're worried about in the coming year, and draw some of them on there, because it's good for us to reflect on what it means when Jesus says, 
Come to me and I will give you rest. If you're a grown-up out there and you like to doodle, draw yourself a backpack and just try and think through the kinds of things that are, that are weighing on your mind in the year ahead. See, I reckon nearly all of us carry a bunch of heavy burdens into a new year. Some of them, they are school-age burdens, the, the concerns about a new school or a, a new school year. Some of them might be parenting burdens. They might be professional burdens. Some of them are financial burdens. I think all of us have relationship burdens. And under the surface of them all, we have the big questions that they raise. What if I fail? What if I miss out? What if I'm not enough? And whatever the case, these burdens leave us weary. And Jesus knows it. That's why he offers us the hope of doing life with him. Val's just read this for us. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And three things to notice. There's a very simple invitation. Come to me. There are those who are invited. All of you who are weary and burdened. And the offer. I will give you rest. Now... As we work our way through this, I think it's helpful to to see that really simple framework for us um, and to reflect on what it means to actually hear Jesus' invitation. Because this is the invitation that Jesus makes. Come to me. And he makes it to all people, all who are weary and burdened. Now, I know if you're grammatically inclined, you know straight away that's actually not an kind of inclusive, open-to-all kind of invitation because he's not inviting those people who are full of energy and carrying no load at all. At one level, it is an exclusive invitation for a specific group, those who are weary and burdened, those who are worn out, those who are weighed down. It's fairly specific. And yet I think in reality, this is everyone. Uh, Even the most happy-go-lucky amongst us We have our burdens, we just process them in different ways, don't we? Sometimes they're simply buried under layers of denial. Other times it might be plastered over by a facade of a a kind of a carefree philosophy. Increasingly amongst my peers, I think they are drowned out by the never-ending pursuit of the next best thing, the next best experience, career, relationship. And so in reality, I think this invitation from Jesus is an invitation to all people. Because we are all burdened. But you'll only know that this is an invitation for you if you are willing to acknowledge that this is your situation. We'll only hear this invitation from Jesus if we're willing to acknowledge that we fit the description, weary, burdened, in need of refreshment. And that's the offer, isn't it? The offer of refreshment. Jesus says, I will give you rest as we enter a new year we've celebrated the hope of christmas reflecting the hope that comes with jesus this is the hope that he holds out come to me and i will give you rest now to be clear this is not the image of a a lifetime of chilling out don't we live in a beautiful part of the city that is bright and jetty at sunset the word that Jesus uses for rest, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't imply endless days at the beach sipping cocktails or, or never-ending afternoons uh, tucked up on the couch with, with good books and, a, and hot chocolate, if that's more your style. It's not even the word for sleep, as, this is, as if Jesus is saying, oh, I'll give you an, a never-ending rest in peace. Um, 
It's a picture of refreshment and restoration. Rest that re-energizes. And as Aussies, we know all about this. We are a nation that is all about recreation, right? We love long weekends, so don't you ever dare mess with them. I mean, we're increasingly secular, but don't touch December 25th, 26th. Don't touch the four-day long weekend in Easter. They are sacred to us, even if most of Australia has forgotten why. So as a nation, we love the outdoors. It might be roughing it under the stars or kind of glamping five-star resorts by the Barrier Reef. We love the indoors. You've only got to go house hunting and discover just how many houses are built with home theatre systems and, and, and uh, home theatre rooms and, and sort of TV points to every bedroom. We love the indoors. We're, we're a nation that loves recreation. It's just that we are frustrated that it doesn't actually give us what we're looking for. There tends to be very little genuine re-creation in our recreation. So we're left constantly looking for the next hit, the next experience, the next getaway, the next episode that we're binge-watching. But there's an irony that we don't just look for rest in our weekend recreation. Aussies are great at, at longing for rest that actually sits behind most of our effort in our work as well. Behind the aspiration to climb the ladder is the desire to rest when we've finally arrived. The hours clocked in pursuit of the pay rise in the hope that, or the rest that that will enable. The effort invested in the constant cycle of professional development, the, the greasing of the right wheels, impressing the right people, the networking in the right way, it's all in search of rest. The deep longing that on the other side of it will know that we've made it, that the goal's been attained, that it's finished, only to realise that it's never actually finished. Never finally made it. There's always the regret of missed opportunities or the next best thing. So I've said it a bunch of times already today, and I'm sure you have. Happy New Year. And drill right down to the bottom of that. I think we're really saying to each other, I hope you find the rest that you're looking for. And yet for all of the ways that we chase us, this is what Jesus offers rest real rest as he said in that passage rest for your souls deep life-giving rest so if you're looking for real hope this year this is where you find it come to me says jesus don't keep running endlessly around the treadmill of recreation that always fails to truly satisfy. Don't keep slogging under the, the burden of overwhelming fear that you can never really shake, that you're not quite there, you haven't quite made it. Now, we're not going to finish on this note this morning, but I am going to finish on this note at this point. Because I think it's helpful for us just to take a, just to take a minute to reflect on this offer. Now, Jesus' invitation come to me to reflect on those who he invites all who are weary and burdened and to ponder his offer i will give you rest in just a minute we're going to stand and and sing and the band are going to lead us in that but i want us just to pause as a new year begins and to reflect on that so take a moment now
saw the invitation is actually really simple. Jesus says, come to me. Which, if you want to pause and reflect on it, is incredibly bold of Jesus. I mean, for all of the issues that people might have with whether or not the Bible can be trusted, whether or not miracles really happened, whether or not Jesus actually rose from the dead, in in one sense you can set all of that aside and simply ask the question of whether Jesus can be taken at his word. Because this is, in the bold face of it, an outrageous claim. Come to me, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. On the one hand, this would be like the biggest kind of pop psychology, wellness mindset, snake oil salesman kind of claim that there could be. Jesus has the audacity to say, come to me and I'll give you the one thing that all of humanity has always been striving for. Whether you're the frantic parent who's pulled in too many directions or the most powerful CEO who's driven by the the desire to succeed or the brilliant artist who's just in the turmoil of their deep existential circumstances in all its shapes, everyone's longing for rest. And what does Jesus say? Come to me and I will give you rest. So I think this is the question we should really be asking about Jesus. Can he be taken at his word, because this is just such an audacious offer. So we'd want to analyse his credentials, right? I mean, how does he propose to give us the rest? And why should he be trusted to follow through on it? If we're entering into this new year with him, what expectations should we have to see results? Well, the reality is that Jesus doesn't do much to justify his offer within the passage that we've just seen. Even in the passage around it, if you were to go home and read the chapter before and after, there's certainly a lot that that reflects on this, but not a lot that kind of makes his case for it. And yet we have it here in verse 29. How do we obtain this rest? Well, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And why should we trust him? Well, for I am gentle and humble in heart. That's the why that we'll come back to in a minute. But for now, the offer, I will give you rest. How? You take my yoke upon you, you learn from me. And in those two images, Jesus is saying that to find rest with him, we actually need to be his servants and his students. Now, at this point, to help us get our heads around that, I need another volunteer, and Anya has walked in the door, so Anya, come on down. You missed out the opportunity to carry some very heavy backpacks earlier on, but now you get to carry a yoke. Turns out you can't go down to Bunnings and buy a yoke. It's a tool for carrying heavy loads. Bunnings has heaps of tools, but not a yoke, because no one uses them anymore. But this is not a yoke, Anya. That is not a yoke. That has an L in it, and I'm not going to put one of those on you. But this is my version of a yoke. You just stand there, put that there, put your arm... Yep, 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 you've got it. We'll just get it balanced up right. There's a yoke. Pretty exciting stuff, really. And and really, what it's all about is it means... Does it balance right? Well, you tell me. If I put that there... Yep, that's hanging on there. I'll put that there. Now, what do I do? You have just taken my yoke upon you. There you go. Turns out it's not very heavy, but you might not see many of them down the street here because they're not used very much, but in some parts of the world they're still used a lot to carry very heavy loads. And you might say, this yoke is easy because you got, you got the light bags. Yeah. 
You can ask Arpan how heavy that bag was. He had to carry that before. But if I put a really heavy yoke on there, you would say it was a hard one. So thanks very much. You can take a seat again, because that is a yoke. And if someone says to you, take my yoke upon you, well, you're carrying something for them. You're serving them. And if the yoke was heavy, that's a heavy yoke. If it's light, it's an easy yoke. And so now we all know what Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. How? By serving him. This might all sound a little bit back to front, but actually at its core, this is the message of the announcement that Jesus is Lord. To reflect on what it means to find rest in him as we come and take upon ourselves a life of sitting as his servant and his student. So here's the amazing offer that Jesus makes. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How does he do us? He gives us something to carry. That doesn't seem to make much sense, does it? Well, I think that's connected with the second image that he gives. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, the hope that Jesus offers is connected with serving him and learning from him. It's the offer of rest for those who would be in relationship with him. Now, to be fair, you know, Jesus doesn't go into any detail here in particular about what kind of service he has on view, what kind of learning he has in store, and how all of that results in real rest. We'd need to read a whole lot more of the Bible to understand that. And in many ways, that is the story of the Bible from cover to cover, how, how listening to God and living his way, depending upon him and who he is, that's the ultimate way to find rest, both in this life and for eternity to come. If that's the kind of thing that you're interested to explore in the year ahead, well, we'd love to keep working through that together. But there is something that Jesus does say right here about why we would want to be his servant and his student. It's right there in the middle of verse 29 because it all hinges on why you would trust him to give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, interestingly, of all the things that Jesus taught, this is the only time when he tells us what his heart is like. He uses lots of metaphors and images on the good shepherd, on the vine. This is the only time he tells you what I am like. I am gentle and humble in heart. It's not what he does. It's not a role that he fulfills. This is the kind of person that Jesus is. This is, this is who he is. When the Lord of glory came to us, he didn't say, I am powerful and so far beyond you all, which would have been true. When the God of justice comes to us, he doesn't say, I am perfectly just and and completely holy, even though that's true. Jesus, at this point, with this invitation, he says, come to me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And so just in a few short minutes, we're going to unpack those, those two core character traits that, that help us to reflect on such great hope for this year and beyond. Because when Jesus says that he's gentle, he's, he's essentially saying he's other person-centred. A gentle person is, is gentle because they're not imposing themselves upon others. They're not dominant or aggressive, but kind and caring. They're not angry and abusive, but thoughtful 
and encouraging. They're not self-centered, but other person-centered. A truly gentle person doesn't need to kind of assert themselves and their interests over another because they are completely secure in their own interests. So they're freed up to, to look after the interests of others. And of course, if we ponder it just for a moment, Jesus is unique in this. I mean, he alone in the whole world has no need to prove his own glory. He really is the only person with nothing to prove. Two reasons, because he is intrinsically glorious. He just, he just simply is truly awesome. doesn't need to prove it. Secondly, he's totally confident that his father will ensure that his glory is made known. He doesn't need to act in his own self-interest because he alone in the history of all of humanity completely entrusts himself to his heavenly father. So come to me, says Jesus, and I will give you rest because I'm gentle. He's other person-centered and he invites you to to be that other person, to to allow him to be other person-centered towards you. And then Jesus says, I am humble in heart. Which is to say that he humbly cares for others at the cost of himself. That's what humility is. It's not just thinking about your bad qualities. That can actually be really self-focused, can't it? It's not just that he's modest and doesn't self-promote at networking events. No, humility is far more than that. It's simply thinking of yourself less because you're thinking of others more. It's willingly lowering yourself for the sake of lifting others up. We talked about public holidays, right, that Aussies love. Well, Christmas, at Christmas time, we were celebrating the humility of the Son of God that he entered into the world as one of us. At Easter, we celebrate the humility of God's promised King that that he humbled himself even to die in our place taking the penalty for the debt that hung around our necks as as a burden that we simply could not relieve. He looked at our interests at great cost to himself. Don't worry about the alarm, it goes off every now and then and the school doesn't even know why. (laughs) And friends, that's why Jesus can be trusted to give you the rest that he offers. Because of who he is. As the As Paul wrote to the Philippians, this is the immortal son of God who did not consider equality with God, something to be sort of held onto, grasped onto, but but he humbled himself to be born one of us. He humbled himself to die as one of us, but even more than that, to die for each of us. That's his gentleness. That's his humility. And in many ways, that's the simplicity of Jesus' invitation. Come to me, he says to everyone, but only those who are willing to acknowledge that they're actually burdened will be able to come. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because that's the only way that you'll find rest. Because this is what he's like. Gentle and humble. So this year, in a very simple way, the hope of rest, it's found in coming to Jesus. Not in our own striving for the next great holiday, the anxious fears of the burdens that we carry or that we worry about might land upon our shoulders, but but coming to Jesus, serving him, learning from him, living with him. That's where true rest is found. Now I know as I look out on the crowd here, for, for, for some of us that has been our pattern year upon year upon year, but we need to know that the invitation never changes. Come to me, says Jesus. 
So this year, don't be tempted to go somewhere else. For others, we need a bit of a bump sideways. We're looking at Jesus and yet we find ourselves kind of scurrying along on the treadmill of this life, trying to secure and find that rest in all sorts of other ways. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Stop chasing everything else. But for others, we might never have understood just how life-changing it is to sit at Jesus' feet and to learn from him. We might never have realised that serving him is not exhausting, it's life-giving. At the core of it all, we might never have realised that it's because of who he is, gentle and humble, the one who lowered himself and, and laid himself down for us, that he can be trusted. He can be trusted as the one who willingly lowered himself to death on the cross so that you might be forgiven and know what true rest looks like with this year in mind and eternity to come. So we're going to pray in light of that. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for a new year. We thank you that we can celebrate with each other the passage of time and to look back on the year that has been and to give you thanks for your blessings in so many different ways. We thank you that as a new year unfolds, it gives opportunity for for new beginnings, a bit of a reset, a bit of a restart, an evaluation of life and our hopes for it. Yet, Father, as we wish each other a happy new year, we pray that you would actually help us to be mindful of what sits beneath that, our deep longing for rest, for true refreshment, that ultimately that is found not in the scurry and the bustle of this life, but in coming to Jesus. So, Father, we pray that in the week to come, you'd help us to set good habits and and good goals for this year that actually would be centred on on a life that is continually, repeatedly coming to Jesus, looking to him, sitting at his feet to learn from him, delighting to take his yoke upon us, to serve him. Not because it's a a wearisome burden, but because it's a life-giving joy and privilege and delight. Father, when the temptations of this life tell us all the different ways that we will find our joy and our hope and our purpose and our deep sense of who we are, we pray that this simple invitation from Jesus would ring in our ears. Come to me and I will give you rest. Father, at times when we might struggle to remember the kind of king and lord that he is, perhaps he feels distant, Perhaps he feels harsh. Perhaps we wonder if he can respond to the prayers and the longings of our heart. Please help us to remember who he is. Gentle and humble in heart. So even though we're we're only a week into the year, we we pray that for all of this year we we would look back to Christmas and remember that he humbled himself to come into the midst of the churn and the chaos of this life that we'd look forward to Easter and remember that he humbled himself even to death on the cross so that we might have new life, restored in relationship with you, forgiven for our sins, given the hope of eternity. Father, help us to know that he is truly gentle and humble in heart, that he can be trusted, that as we turn to him, he gives us rest. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.